Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode number 29 of Real Blend, a podcast that spent the day hanging out with Tom Cruise. My name is Sean O'Connell. I'm the managing editor here of Cinema Blend, and we are in Paris, France, recording a very special international edition of the podcast. Joining me, as always, is my great friend Jake Hamilton of Fox 32 in Chicago. Jake, how are you, sir? I'm doing damn well, sir. How are you? I'm great. Are you best friends with Tom Cruise? I am best friends. You mean you mean Thomas of House Cruise? I think I might also be best friends with Tom Cruise. I think we are. Well, sitting in our third chair today is Tom Cruise's third best friend, an outstanding colleague of ours who we are thrilled to have on the podcast, Chris Van Bleet, who is the entertainment reporter for Deco Drive. Welcome, sir. Welcome, oh, sir. Thank you. I will do my best to be as enthusiastic as Kevin is. Yeah, because you're replacing lot. Kevin. So <laughs> you just have to say the word awesome a lot and talk about uh, what scenes look like behind the scenes. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've been practicing all week for this. We are in Paris for the world premiere of Mission Impossible Fallout, which we saw a couple of days ago. And over the course of our time here, we've been interviewing the cast. And today we did the red carpet with um, with Tom Cruise. So we are going to get into some of our stories from the junket. Uh, we're going to give reactions to the movie, but we won't do spoilers. Um, we're just going to sort of give, I think we'll give star ratings maybe, yeah. and yeah. we'll talk okay. a bit about where it falls. Do we want to rank them today? I'd love to are rank them. Okay, yeah. so we're thinking about doing that. Um, so do us a favor. I want you guys to do us um, a real big favor and help Chris out. Go to Chris Van Bleet's YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe today. He's aiming to get a plaque. What is this plaque that you're trying to get? So it's really cool. <laughs> this is very kind of you. Thank you. Uh, I'm very close to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. When you get the 100,000 subscribers, right. YouTube sends you the silver play button, which is this incredible, beautiful work of art, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a silver play button. Nice. But uh, yeah, I'm at like 97,000 subscribers. Okay, might I argue that you should subscribe? Yes, because you'll put him one person closer <laughs> to the silver plate button. Sure. But he also does great interviews uh, for, for a, a variety of film and wrestling and music and whatever the case may be. He just recently did an interview uh, with Donald Glover. They got nearly 7 million views. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, that was a the good one. benefit that you get is that you get some truly great interviews um, that I would put in the, the tier of, or the, or the at least the, the, the style of, the quality of what uh, you or I or Kevin do. I would agree. I'm wow, sure. I get to be in the same class as you guys. That's why you're here. That's why you. it's, it's quite good. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're in the chair. Uh, do us a favor as well. When you're online, subscribe to Real Blend, uh, at Real Blend on Twitter. We picked up a number of subscribers. Um, go to iTunes, subscribe to us, uh, leave us a star rating, and leave us a review. Because we have said that if you leave us a review, we're going to read them at the top of the show. Mm. And we got a new one last week. So I want to read that. I want to read this new one that we have. This is from Ted W. Meyer. Ted. Who follows us on social media, is a great interactor with us on cool. Twitter. Really cool. funny guy. He's probably friends with Tom Cruise, too. Probably. I wonder if he is. Yeah. yeah. We'll ask him that on social media. Yeah. He's actually <laughs> best friends with Tom Cruise. He says, uh, this is his review. If you're looking for knowledgeable and lively commentary on new movies and movie news, this is where you want to be. Have enjoyed this a great deal from the awards blend days. So he's going all the way back to our, our uh, the beginning of this podcast. The three hosts have great chemistry, and I love hearing the junket stories. Well, brother... Hey, we, we got some junket stories today. <laughs> yeah. Some good ones. Yeah. Uh, tons of enthusiasm and knowledge, and their best of blend games are really fun and a good way to not exclusively talk about whatever movie just came out. They're very opinionated, but also very positive, never insulting these filmmakers or actors as people. Also, all three of them are great fun on Twitter. I wish this program only five-star ratings and gazillions of downloads. Ted Meyer. Hey. Awesome. Well done, oh, sir. Thank you. Nice 
password. Your check's in the mail. Oh, so. Yeah, how much did you pay Ted <laughs> yeah. for that? Yeah. Ted is uh, actually Jake's mom. <laughs> she has a million aliases. Aren't you sort of glad that, like, this, this so for people that don't know, a lot of people uh, follow this live on Facebook, and we do a video so we can chat. Yes. I'm sort of glad this is the one episode where we're not, because we're drinking. for people that, well, that, but I was going to say, people that, that can't see us, Chris Van Vliet looks like Henry Cavill. Yes. So <laughs> if there were going to be one episode where I weren't, on video sitting next to someone. I would want it to be the one where I'm sitting next to the guy that looks like Henry Cavill, so I'm very glad that no one can see you, Chris. They can only hear the melodious timbre of your voice. Thank you. Just went all the way up. We start with news as we normally do, and we have a lot of news to get to, um, including at the request of, and I want to mention later, uh, the, the blend game this week is going to be hashtag Paris Blend, where we are going to pick a movie that we think was um, is significant to Paris because it was either filmed here there's a significant scene that takes place here it's about paris it reminds you of paris the the parameters for this week's game are pretty fluid but i yeah. think we can still have some fun yeah. with it and we have some pretty good recommendations from everybody who played along at home so i want to start with the casting of joaquin phoenix officially playing the joker and this opens up a lot of doors for possibilities um someone even said today on the bus over to the red carpet this would be a great movie for them to launch the new Batman. Like, the whoever's going to play yeah. Matt Reeves as Batman maybe should get introduced in this movie. Mm. I don't know how this movie fits into the other movies that exist, but what do you guys think of the casting, and what do you think of this these one-offs that DC's going to try to do to maybe not be as connected as Marvel is? What's going to happen to Jared Leto now is, the, is a huge question that no one's addressing. Right. And what happens to the idea that he was supposed to have a spin-off film that I, I guess is getting thrown away now? I mean, DC has a habit of just announcing titles, right? Like, Margot Robbie's going to get a spin-off movie. Yeah. Maybe Birds of Prey or Gotham City Sirens. Jared Leto's going to get his own one, and now this one. Um, so, I, if I'm Leto, I'm kind of annoyed by this. Because sure. it's pulling the carpet out from underneath me, and I don't know how he reacts. Because they're saying that it's going to take place like in the DC universe, but I don't see how it connects. Like, but this is, other... a, this is supposed to be an origin story. Yeah. Um, I think that this is fantastic casting. Mm -hmm. And I think that... It's going to be interesting to see exactly where this movie's set, but Joaquin Phoenix is one of those guys that completely loses himself in a character. Right. Jared Leto tried to do that. He just was in a really not very good movie in Suicide Squad. Yeah, I didn't like his interpretation at all. I, I, and you're with a lot of people yeah. who didn't like that interpretation. For me, though, it's less about the casting because I believe in Joaquin Phoenix and I think he can do just about anything. And more about the fact that I don't want a Joker origin story. Yeah. I don't want to know where the Joker came from. Right. For me, the appeal of the Joker is that, uh, and it, this was exemplified in, in, in Nolan's film, that he had a different story for every person he talked to. And you're sitting yeah. there and you're wondering, like, how did this person get to this place? There's no way that the answer to that is going to be better than the question. I think in the mm. comics he also has like a million different origins because yeah. he never really wants to tell people. I, I don't. What it I is. don't want to see that. Right. Like, now, if it were, hey, he's going to play the Joker in a movie in which when it starts out he's already the Joker. Cool, I'm all for it. Right. I don't need to see, you know, John Smith turn into the Joker because otherwise it just feels like an inevitability of a movie, right? Yeah, you're going to introduce right. to him as a normal person, and we're just sitting around waiting for okay, well, what's going to push him over? The Takes edge? away the mystery. There are so many great villains though in the in Gotham in the Batman yeah. world. Sure. Why do we keep going back to the Joker every yeah. single time? Yeah, yeah. He especially is fascinating. Yeah. I get that, but especially when Ledger won an Oscar, won an Oscar for playing the Joker. Yeah, and now we're gonna just you know. Ten years later, well, it'll do be... Do it again. Well, that, yeah. maybe that's why. Ten years later, do it yeah. again, and then again, again. Yeah. 
I love the casting, um, and I, I'm a little concerned about Todd Phillips. Like, it's Todd Phillips who has this idea. And I think Todd Phillips is a good filmmaker. Mm. I just would never pigeonhole him from a, a Joker But he's movie. got a darkness to him, man. Yeah. I mean, I feel like even when you watch the, the Hangover movies, all of the Hangover movies have this aspect of, like, really dark humor to them where right. like this guy's he's got something dark and deep inside of him okay. and, and I think that's maybe what he could explore oh what about your boy Scorsese producing it like what does that mean that's first of all I just love that you refer to him as my boy he is your boy <laughs> my boy Scorsese <laughs> um, but, uh, but no I mean that's but these days, what does producing really mean? Yeah, right. Like, like, what is his... I mean, that that could mean that he's going to slap his name on it and throw a few shekels its way, or is he going to be on set giving Todd Phillips some pointers? Like, we never really know what the producing role means. Right, right. I, I do think, like, if he really wanted to be involved in the project like this, Scorsese would have directed it. And that's, that was my argument, too. Right? If he, yeah, if he, if he wanted to do it, we would be seeing... And then we'd be having a different conversation. Completely. Yeah, because yeah. if Martin Scorsese had a vision... For a Joker origin story, one those are all <laughs> words I never thought I'd ever say in a sentence. <laughs> but I, I would be, I would be down for it. But if it is like this, you know, if it could have been a rise up from the criminal underworld, you know, in yeah. a Scorsese, it's Goodfellas, but he just ends up as, yeah, as the Joker. I'm on board with yeah, that. I mean, and maybe yeah. that's what it is. Maybe Phillips pitched that idea yeah. to Scorsese, and he was like, "Sure, I mean, I'll throw my name." Out. I yeah. think what DC needs to do is base their stories more in reality, a la mm -hmm. the Dark Knight yeah. and, and the whole series, because. You know, these other movies they've been doing where your bad guy is someone who wouldn't exist on Earth. It just, it takes you so far out of it. Right. And that's right. where Marvel's doing so well yeah. here. Yeah. And that's why, as much as I love Man of Steel, it feels weird to have the Man of Steel and Batman on screen together because Batman is so grounded, especially the, the, the Batman we've gotten over the last 10, 15 years has always been so grounded in reality and no one made sure of that. And then by definition... Superman is not. Superman is, is, is an alien. alien. Yeah. So it's just like, it just didn't feel, and it's just like, well then, how, how are we, it sort of feels like DC is just like throwing spaghetti against the wall and sort of seeing what sticks. Right. To your point, you said like, oh, they announced a bunch of movies, and I feel like they then they wait to see what our reaction is, yeah. and if no one reacts, like, oh, forget it, we'll go on to the next one. Yeah, no, it happens all the time. Um, this next story is something that I thought sort of originated as like a bit of a joke online mm -hmm. of Billy D. Williams returning to yeah. play Lando, and it was always like, well, is he going to? And and he's the last character yeah. of the major characters to bring back. Yeah. And there's all the one now it's been confirmed. Yeah. That he's coming back and yeah. playing Lando. Which I also found pretty interesting, too, because when Solo came out, there was... We asked on Cinema Blend uh, to Donald Glover, do you think that Lando should get the ship back eventually? And he said, no, it's not my ship. I don't think it's Lando's ship anymore. Yeah. It's Han's That's ship. That's a good question. Chewie's That's a good point. Yeah. 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 So why... I guess I'm going to have to... I'll ask, <laughs> why are they bringing him back? Like, is it fan service... Yes. To give him one oh, more shot? Yeah, it's absolutely For perfect. sure. Yeah. Okay, so you don't think there's like a relevant story point that you need no, to know? No, I don't think so. And if Donald Glover hadn't been so popular right. as Lando in a movie that wasn't received yeah. that well in Solo, yeah. we wouldn't be having this conversation yeah. right now. Okay. And also, I mean, I so so we were at the, the the premiere of the movie and we saw him there. We saw Billy Dee Williams. Mm -hmm. And and he's I mean he's still getting around, he's still he's a sharp guy, but he's like he's getting around on a cane. Like he can't right. I don't think He's not going to be the Lando that's running around shooting blasters so anymore. What do you do with him then? I, I, for me, I always thought he should have been the guy that they went. And granted, I know now I'm playing Monday morning quarterback. He should have been the guy that they needed to find at Canto Bite in the Last Jedi. Oh, that would have been should great. Have, that's yeah. who he should, he oh, like wow. running, running wow. the casino. He should have been the guy. You know, he's got all the. the yes. You know, that's who they should have Why been. Why did they do that? I don't know. Why are you running these films? <laughs> you know. <laughs> That would have been great. So that's that's in my mind. That's who it should have been. I, I I don't think we're gonna be seeing. And that's 
where I think fanboys need to check their expectations. Right. And the same way with Carrie Russell being cast, mm-hmm. she's probably not going to be Ray's mom. Right. So we all need to get off that. And the same way, like we're not going to see Lando from Empire. We're going to see Lando how he looks now, and right. he's he's getting around on a cane. That that just is the way it is. I was surprised when I saw him on that yeah. red carpet. Yeah, and he just looked. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. all these guys are getting older. This speaks. I mean, to Peter Mayhew is like in a wheelchair. I mean, that's just oh, that just yeah. is the way it is. I know. I know. Um, are you excited about the casting or the, or the fact that he's coming back? I think it's great that he's coming back, and you know, you're bringing back all of these people from all of the Star Wars movies are finding their way back into the films in some way. I can't see this being more than like a scene or two, though. Right. Because yeah. of what you were just talking about, Jake. Uh, he's not like that mobile, and I can't see how he fits into the story yeah. either. But they had to go back to the drawing board when they lost Carrie Fisher. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he could end up playing a role in the story that she was... Oh, that's to. a good point. That's right? a really good point. I mean, maybe they lean on him for that. Yeah. Do you think that the, the opening scroll begins with Princess Leia is dead? <sighs> mm. Yeah, um, I'm starting to think that. Yeah. Because... They've been saying they won't use CGI yeah. to bring her back, that it's not fair to her legacy. Yeah. Um, but I forget what her family said, whether they were okay with it. I feel like they said, or like at some point after Rogue One came out, that she said something about like, oh, I, I didn't she? Well, didn't she approve of that? Wasn't she pretty cool with it? She was pretty cool with it because yeah. they made her look like yeah. what she did back in the seventies, yeah. and she looked fantastic. Yeah, right. But that technology's not there. It's not like you couldn't do it with a whole character. I thought Peter Mayhew didn't look great. Oh, I see. Play. I disagree. I, I thought he looked, looked fantastic. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I was. I in fact, uh, I saw the movie with my fiance, and when it was over, I leaned over and I said, "Did you know what he notice anything about that character?" And she goes, "No, what?" And I said, "He's been dead for the last twenty years." And right. She goes, "Wait, what are you talking about?" She had no idea. Now, what do you think of the de aging in Ant Man? Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. That's that's not nearly <laughs> near the top of it, that film's problems. It's the same thing. It's the same issue. <laughs> no, it, no, it's, it, it, it was it was weird seeing a young Michael. It, but what do they refer to it as? The uncanny valley, where yeah, where yeah. it's, it's it, this idea that like it just in, in your in your soul it doesn't feel natural. Yeah, you're not. We're still person. in that. Yeah, I think. I understand. Um, I want to get into some lost talk. So Gabe is getting upset because we're going to shift into a TV show. But yes. um, some of our readers wanted Jake to clarify uh, a comment that you made last week when we mentioned the loss. Yes. Because I think we were doing a Breaking Bad segment. Yeah. It was Breaking Bad's 10th anniversary. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we're talking about how important that show was to us from a storytelling perspective. And then Kevin threw out a hand grenade as we were trying. Every time we try and move Kevin off of a topic. Okay. 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 Really quick. Really quick though. Yeah. Really quick. <laughs> let me just say. Let me just say. Yeah. And then he goes into something else. And he says... Uh, Jake doesn't like the ending of Breaking Bad, and he thinks it's disappointing, which we'll have to get into that conversation another time, too. But then um, I was shocked because I think the ending of Lost is disappointing, and Jake thinks it's misunderstood. And so people Hmm. want you to clarify. Yeah, I mean, and and I say this in the sense that a lot of people come to me and they're like, oh, you one minute go. Didn't you hate the ending (laughs) because they were dead the whole time? No, it's not that they were dead the whole time. If you watch the final season, which was the sixth season, there was what they referred to as a flash sideways. The whole show, they either flash back in the storyline or they flash forward from the time on the island. The flash sideways was, as it was revealed, at some point, as we all do, the characters in the show died. And they went to a purgatory of sorts, but they could not move on to heaven together or whatever the afterlife was until they were all there, until everyone had died because they were the most important people in each other's lives. So the flash sideways was this purgatory of sorts in which they were sort of drawn together and sort of forced to find each other. And they all met in a church. They all met in a church that had multiple religious symbols all over it, so it was not denominational. And you could sort of interpret it in any religious way in which you... And, and, and at that point, Jack meets his father and says, like, 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 have I been dead? Or like, was I dead the whole time? And he says, no, what happened, happened. Right. But everyone dies. Yeah. Everyone does. 
but you're all the most important and you could not move on to that next step unless you were all together. So the series ends with them all in this church-like place, right. walking out a door into the light. It's not that they were dead the whole time. It's that they, are, in fact, were alive together the whole time. The biggest mistake the show made was that if you are familiar with watching a show on ABC, the credits usually coincide with a preview for whatever's coming up next. Sure. They did not want to ruin that by putting a preview for, like, coming up in the 9 o'clock news as, like, you're trying to, to you know, you know, experience what you just had. Sure. So they just put calming video of wave cra waves crashing against the beach okay. to kind of let you breathe for a second. Fans interpreted that as, mm. oh, that's just the... And it showed uh, the plane wreckage. Yeah. Well, didn't Jack lay down? Doesn't it end with him laying down yes. and it zooms in on his and eye? It zooms on his eye and it, his eye closes, which right. is the exact opposite of what the opening scene of the show yeah, was. Right. So, that. so that's him dying on the island. Yeah, yeah. And then before he dies, he, fly, he sees a plane flying over. Yeah, and that's right. his friend's... But they went on to leave lives. Okay. And, and, and it, they eventually died. Right. We have no idea how long this purgatory lasted. In fact, there's one character that, who was invited into the church, and he says, no, I still have some stuff I need to figure out. Okay. Because he is, was sort of the bad character. and, and, and um, So I, I just think that whenever people tell me, like, oh, I didn't like it because they were dead the whole time, like, no, they weren't. And I've heard that enough where I'm starting to think that that's the general consensus. Did you watch it, Chris? Were you I a Spoiler I, alert! I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just I never, I, I've never seen a single episode of Lost. Okay. I thought we were going to talk about movies here. We're getting there. It's <laughs> the most cinematic television show of all time, sir. J.J. <laughs> J. J. Abrams directed the, the pilot episode. It's one of the greatest and most expensive pilots it of all time. It is a great pilot episode. And, in fact, and the show is great. Do you know what it's called? No. It's called Pilot. Because really? who are they going to look for? The pilot. Mm. The pilot. The pilot. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's, it's a really good... Well, the pilot episode is fantastic. The show in general is really great. Well, yeah, the, the twist when they, um, when Jack says we have to go back, yeah. and you realize which is one of the all-time great TV twists. Of tremendous, all time. tremendous. And I'm I'm with you on the ending. Um, I think ending any of those shows yeah. is really difficult, yeah. and that's why I think you find Breaking Bad unsatisfying yeah. is because they're never going to deliver something that's totally great for everybody. Yeah. I think the Sopranos ending is genius. Yeah. Honestly, and I understand why we people need, are We need to do an episode on, on finales. On finales. We could probably get to that point. So so let us know if you agree with the Lost conversation and if you think that uh, it's as yeah. misunderstood. Also, I mean, Michael Giacchino's score, that's one of his most beautiful pieces of that score when Jack dies. Well, and who plays John Locke? What's that guy? Oh, Terry, Terry O'Quinn. He's amazing. He's fantastic. I think he won two Emmys for the show. Deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a great question that Kevin asked Angelina, Evangeline Lilly. Do you have um, nicknames? Nicknames. And she like, said Foxy for Matthew Fox. Foxy for yeah. Matthew Fox. That's a great question. Coming Lost from there's the, the scene in Ant-Man where he refers to Captain America as Cap. And she goes, really? Like, you're friends with him? You can call him Cap? <laughs> yeah. And Kevin asked a great question, which is like, what is a nickname that you have for a celebrity? And she says she called oh. Matthew Fox Foxy. Foxy. Yeah. Because yeah, they did seven yeah. years on that yeah. show. Most yeah. people don't know I call you Pookie. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, and, well, and what did we call seven. Jake? Uh, just, what did you call him? Hambone? Jake, Jake Hammertown. Hammertown. <laughs> Hamilton Hammertown. All right, we're going to skip to Mission Impossible, <laughs> and I want to use that as a transition because they made Henry Cavill on the red carpet um, in front of everybody do his arm And he loading. hated it so much. I wanted you guys to be able to see, everyone listening, how uncomfortable Henry Cavill is. With the idea that his arm cranking, his arm loading. And as the guy that asked him about it yesterday, I immediately oh, he, went, oh no. He doesn't like it. I no, asked he him loves him. it. He looks so? miserable in he, that moment. He brought dude. it up out of nowhere in my interview. We have to explain to people what yes, we're talking so about. So there's a scene in the new Mission Impossible. We're going to we're gonna talk about the movie and we're going to talk about the uh, junket. But I want to let everybody know we're not going to do spoilers. Uh, this is something you can continue to listen to because we know it's two weeks until the movie yeah. comes out. Um, there's a scene in the movie that's in the trailers. It's the bathroom fight 
and Henry Cavill um, is fighting with Tom Cruise against another person, and he does an arm shake. It doesn't work in an audio. Um, <laughs> but it looks like he's loading his arms like you would a shotgun. And not just that. If you Have you seen the GIF? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. The GIF turned it into something. Yeah, yeah. Because in the context of the scene, it's nothing. Yeah. I don't the, even think but in really... the trailer, they like add like a gun cocking sound to yes. it, and his beard grows. And his beard grows <laughs> somehow. His beard, which grows. I asked him if it. I was like, "Is that because like you stepped into lighting?" He goes, "No, I can grow a beard like that." <laughs> can you do? In which my and in my head now I'm regretting. I should have said, "Well, why didn't you do that for Justice League?" I'd always let uh, Chris do Henry Cavill because he does oh. an amazing. Henry I can Cavill. just grow a beard like that. <laughs> that wasn't. Good. That wasn't even good. It's pretty that was not good at all. Henry Cavill actually lives five minutes away from me oh, in Fort Lauderdale. This is really tell that story about you recognizing him. Yeah, so him. I saw him on the street, Los Souls, like the main strip in uh, in Fort Lauderdale, and I was walking out of a bar or a restaurant, and he was walking in with like a hat down low over his face. And I mean, think about this: he lives in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, which, of all which, places. But you said that's fairly close to an area in which a lot of celebrities live. I mean, he could... Miami, I guess. It's like yeah. maybe half an hour from Miami. But it's a strange... Don't you think it's a strange place for Oh, when a, you told me that, I was like, English are you actor? sure it was him? Right. Oh, it was him. Yeah. And then but when he's I... He's a hulking man. Like, how do you miss him? Yeah. He's, oh, yeah. He's, he's a, gigantic. Yeah. He's exceptionally large. He does not blend in. As no. you said today, he had a double-breasted suit <laughs> and was like barely fitting <laughs> yes. into it. And you're like, it's really hard for someone to fill in a double-breasted suit. Yeah. Like but he he's did. just a towering guy. And I said to him, I said, I saw you uh, walking out as I was walking in. And, but I didn't want to be like, hey, everybody, it's Superman. And he's like, oh, God, thank you so much <laughs> for not doing that. <laughs> but the last time, uh, I, well, a friend of mine had seen him out in Fort Lauderdale. And this, I talked to him for Justice League. And I said, hey, uh, so a friend of mine saw you uh, in Fort Lauderdale like two months ago. He's like, nope, I wasn't there. I'm like, uh, then it was three months ago. No, it wasn't there. I'm like, okay, I don't know. It was three and a half, four months ago, something like that. Yeah. But it was clearly you. Like, he was being very, like, secretive yeah. about like, the fact. Like, I'm not going to mistake someone for <laughs> Superman. Right. Oh, if he had his glasses on, though. Oh, like, oh okay, well, so, yeah. well no, played. This is what Chris said he needs to do is bring a pair of uh, Clark Kent glasses and, and do this bit where he sits across from him and says... Look, in case you're getting recognized by people in yeah. Fort Lauderdale, I brought these. Dude, you, you should have done that. I totally oh. the next time. It would be so great. What's the next thing he's doing? He has a movie coming out later this year. Oh, wow. But which is, he has a beard for this film, which is why he has a mustache in Mission Impossible. Really? Yes, he was telling so, me about So the mustache had nothing to do with, with Walker, the character he plays in Mission Impossible. No, he said he came to the set with a beard and told McQuarrie, Christopher McQuarrie, the director, that he had a vision that this character in uh, Mission Impossible would have some sort of facial hair. Yeah. And McQuarrie's like, yeah, basically do whatever you yeah, want. Right. And then he grew that mustache with a little bit of stubble you know, much to the disappointment of Warner Brothers, I'm sure. Yeah. All right, well, wait, I want to get to that. because So we're in Paris, and the way that this happens is um, more often than not, we fly to New York or L.A. to sit down with the cast. But every once in a while, and especially on the mission films, they do something out of the ordinary where we go to a really unique city. Um, for Rogue Nation, it was Vienna because of the scene at the Vienna Opera House, and we were on uh, in front of the Opera House as a setup for the red carpet. Today we had a backdrop. I'm not even sure the name of the building where we were, but our backdrop was essentially the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And it yeah, was sure. like the, the the most jaw-dropping view of the Eiffel Tower. Like we were spoiled yeah. by the fact that that standing on the carpet and looking straight ahead of us, we had this spectacular like if the, if the premiere wasn't there, that area would be flooded with tourists. Yes. Oh, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. So, um, and, and then uh, the day before, we did interviews in the hotel, and so we got to sit down with the full cast, but we didn't get Tom until we got to the red carpet. 
And, um, and you asked a great question of Cavill, which was, um, what, what was the conversation with Warner Brothers about the mustache? Oh, yeah. What did they, they say? What they and say? I, and, I, and I said, you know, did Warner Brothers say to you, like, you could just shave it off for a day to shoot the reshoots? And he said, those actual words were spoken to me. That's wow. That they thought that I could just shave it off and then grow back a mustache the next day. <laughs> right. Although if he crocked, it, cocked his arms yeah, enough, right. I suppose he could. You know what's funny, though, is that because, and then Tom Cruise ends up injuring his foot and production has to shut down for a while. <laughs> yes. If they knew that was going to uh, happen. Because he, he probably he didn't need more than seven then. weeks for Justice League. No, no, yeah. no. He yeah. just shot I that mean, horrible Based on the CGI, board. I feel like they didn't spend seven <laughs> weeks on it at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we got to talk to the cast about um, different things that we learned over the course of shooting and I want to go through really fast and just talk about uh, star ratings for Fallout to get people excited for it. This is on a scale of five. Chris, what would you give it? Five being the best, of course. Yes. Uh, I would give this a four. Okay. I think that the movie is all kinds of fun. It's everything you'd want in a summer blockbuster. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that Tom Cruise is human with the amount of stunts that he does in this movie. I mean, right. it's one after another after another, and they're all actually being done, which is so amazing. Right. Uh, I don't want to give away too many plot points here, but the movie itself is just incredibly entertaining, and it's everything you'd want from a mission film. Jake, how many stars? 4.8. Okay. Wow. I, mean, I just I I and and I I put that in the context of like action films. Yeah. I don't put that like whenever I do these star ratings, it's not like oh I give Schindler's List five stars and I give Fallout four point eight. Therefore, I think Fallout is point two less than Schindler's List. You, <laughs> I do it in in the realm of the genre in which they exist. Sure. Uh, it's my favorite mission so far. Yeah, I've slept on it. That. I I think it is the most complete. Some of my I I just went back and rewatched all five of them before coming here. And one of my knocks for them is that like a lot of them sort of peak about two thirds of the way through, that is so and true. then kind of limp to the end. Yeah. Like like if I were to ask you about the ending of Ghost Protocol, most people would be like, it was like like a it was a car. Was I would, a, like a car. Yeah, three had has has a nice Shanghai, a, a good a great running scene. But he's got the thing in his head. Too. Yeah, remember yeah. he has to get that thing out of his three's head. A, right. Three's a, a great. Yeah. I, and I really I texted you after rewatching three, saying three is much better than I thought. Yeah. Remembered it being yeah. These, um, these movies are so defined by what the big stunt was in each Exactly. Film. When you, if you're going to tell people, like, do you remember, like, part two? You don't talk about the plot line. You say, oh, it's the one where he was hanging off the cliff. Yeah. Or it was the one where he held onto the plane. It yeah. was the one he was the Burj Khalifa. Like, yeah. that's how you define the movies. Yeah, yeah. and wait, here, I, I guess it's the halo jump, but man, him hanging off the helicopter. I see, for me, it's got to be the helicopter. Because he not only does he hang off the helicopter, then he put, then he drives the helicopter and puts it in tailspins in real life. Yeah, it's nuts. It's so, nuts. And there's a scene to me. It's the motorcycle chase, which is wow. Where, where the whole time I was flinching the whole time because yeah. I'm like, he's gonna, he's gonna die, he's gonna die, he's and, gonna die. Yes. And then we drove through that actual intersection today in a giant bus. <laughs> yeah. And we're and like, we <laughs> almost died there. <laughs> Much yeah. less him on a motorcycle. So there's some great scenes yeah. coming. So I put it at like four. To me, it's like 4.25. Why am I so low? I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're fine. Well, star star awesome. ratings are always subjective. I started, yeah. though. I mean, if we've learned anything from Kevin, it's that like, sometimes his star rating, even though we might be a star off, we feel the exact same about the film. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. And, and truthfully, what I, I said this to Paramount. I said, your problem is that 3, 4, and 5 are like all-timers. Yeah. Like, you're competing against three of the best action movies yeah. Out there, right. and so how are you going to top them? Right. It's really hard for you to do. Um, I think Henry Cavill is a great addition. I really, really like um, him in this part. And I know there are a lot of people who are looking at him as an actor and saying, like, he's got to break out of the DC, you know, rut. It doesn't seem like he, that they're challenging him. 
And what is he going to do? And people really do like the man from Uncle. They like his part in it. And I think that this is going to sort of push him to another uh, level where, where people start viewing him differently. Uh, the action set pieces to me are incredible. I think they're really great. And I think we can say, this without any spoilers, this is the movie that solved the finale problem. Like the third act yes. of this oh, movie. Yes, oh yeah. Like oh, they yeah. saved the best for last. Absolutely. They yeah. do not limp to the end. The, the, the Burj Khalif scene, no matter how many times I watch it, I get sweaty palms and goosebumps. Yeah. And I got that for the finale of this movie. Yeah. Like the, the way that it's structured was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. So, agreed. Um, let's talk about getting a chance to be interviewed or to interview Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not a normal thing to prepare no. for no. at all. And what So here's the situation with Cruise and the fact that he doesn't do traditional junkets for you guys who are listening. Um, he does a carpet. And so the day before you sit down and get four to five minutes with the entire cast and the director... Um, with Tom, you get him on the carpet and you get one question. Yeah. And and today it, it was a little bit more relaxed and everybody maybe snuck in another one when yeah. they had the opportunity to. Uh, he was very talkative and and really handled it well. But I, how do you guys feel about? And we were having this conversation on the carpet. Like, is it easier to just prep one question, or do you really wish that you had the opportunity to do a traditional junket with him where you sit down and get? Oh, I'd I'd rather have more time. Oh yeah, okay. cast a white net. Yeah, for sure. Because if your one question, even if it's a great question, right. if it's not received well, or it's not about the question, it's about the answer, right? Sure. Yeah. right. And if the answer you get isn't good, or yeah. it's too short, or he doesn't yeah. quite get where you're going with this, and that's it. Yeah. Well, you just flew all the way to Paris for that. And right. that's a good point, because someone uh, that was next to us was asking us, between these two questions, what should I ask? Oh, yeah. And one of them was a really good question, but I said... Maybe not that one because he's not going to – he might give – it's a great question and I want to hear his answer, but it's not going to elicit as long of an answer as yeah. the other one. And when you're only getting one question, you want as much time with him as possible. Yeah. And sometimes that means asking maybe more of a generic question if only because you get to put your microphone in his face a little bit longer. Well, let me ask each of you guys because you're both um, getting material for television shows. Yeah. yeah. How much footage do you need to get out of it? Is it just a soundbite? Can you just do like cruise on one day? Or I mean, I can give cruise a day. I'd hmm. like to be able to split him up into multiple hours. Okay. So that I and I don't want to repeat the same thing. Okay. So if I'm on in but six you're seven audiences. yeah exactly. So but if I'm on in six seven eight nine, even getting two questions changes the game because I can air the same bite in six and eight right. and seven and nine okay. and TV audiences aren't watching that long. And so every hour that the average person's tuning in is a different question. What about Deco? For me, it's different. We're on a primetime show. It airs once. We're live at 7.30 at night. I'm actually going to make a package out of this, a segment out of this tomorrow morning. Okay. So it's going to be... You're airing it already? Yeah, yeah. Will you re-air closer to the release date? Or, or is this it? This is it. It's really? basically saying... We were there. The world premiere was in Paris last night. You know, Chris Van Vliet was there, and here's his interviews. And it's going to throw to me as if I was, you know, as yeah. if I'm live there. So we're going to be heavy on the Tom Cruise stuff, and then a bite from some of the other people about how, I mean, that backdrop was incredible. Oh, I mean, it was, yeah. And we are totally also skipping over the fact that Tom Cruise posed for photos with every single person he yeah. interviewed today. Yeah. Except, you know what? I forgot to ask him for one. You did. I totally forgot. As soon as your interview was done, you just, thank you, and you walked away. And I walked away. I was so <laughs> caught up in the moment of like, this is Tom Cruise, and now we're best friends. But <laughs> I never, I didn't ask for the posed photo. I'm so annoyed. So, for those watching, though, we did take, you do have photos with him. You're many, many of them. You can probably take a great screen grab yeah. of the... Well, this is what we do, and we to let you guys know, like, we're just as big of fanboys. Yes. The fact like, that we we're want on the pictures carpet, of these people, too. I, I, I will put it in a rough estimate of like 50 times where we were just like, 
how did we how, how did we yeah. get here? Like, yeah. why are we standing here? Yeah. And look at this. Yeah. And when Tom Cruise was coming up the line and was I like, I was jumping, literally away, jumping up and down. Yeah. Like we spent an forty five minutes of just being like. There's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Tom Cruise is coming. Yeah. We're about to talk to Tom Cruise. I can Cruise. see him with my eyeballs. But like with general fan enthusiasm. Yeah. And then, yeah. so then like you're in the moment, right? Yeah. And you're like, and so I led with a question that had a bit of a joke to the lead and he was laughing at I heard him audibly laugh. Yeah. I heard him laugh. He was laughing. But in my brain, I'm thinking, stop laughing and listen to my question because <laughs> I need your answer to be good, right? I need this to, to work. And so there's so many things that yeah. you're dealing with in the moment and then when you know you have a clock in the back of your head and it's telling you you're done and give it to the next person and then we wrapped and I moved on and then he went to the next person I was like, I didn't ask for my picture. I was so mad. <laughs> Too many things. All the elements together. It's Tom Cruise who's incredibly present when he talks to you. Yes. He, you feel like there's no one else on the planet he'd rather be. Like he looks in your eyes yeah. and he gives you these answers like yeah. he genuinely wants to talk And to this me. was Chris's guest. So let's mention that Van Pooh. Oh, yes. Yeah, we yeah. have to say this. Please, yeah. yeah. This we, was my. This was the the top of my list. This was the one interview I'd never got. Right. I'm a huge wrestling fan, and for a long time it was The Rock because right. I grew up watching The Rock and Stone Cold. And, you know, they had these great feuds. Then I got The Rock in 2012. Mm. That was six years ago. So ever since then, he's been your it. Tom Cruise has been the Hot number damn. one guy. That's awesome. And now I'm best friends with him. And not just like that, but you got him like in Paris. Yeah, yeah and this, like in all, the shadow of the Eiffel, like. If the shot chance, is unbelievable. Yeah, if you follow us on, on social media, and you should, <laughs> you the picture, I mean, this idea that, that two hours ago we have a picture with Tom Cruise right. smiling into the camera with the Eiffel Tower in the background, like that feels like something that should not have happened in our lives. No. How many more of these can he do? Of these movies? How many more of these movies can he do? Okay, here's the thing. I love them. I want to see more dramatic work from him. Yeah, I Oh, me that. too. I, I, my, my favorite work from Tom Cruise is Vanilla Sky, Magnolia, I Jerry love Vanilla Sky. Like, well, he, was, he was on a real run there in the 90s, oh, trying God. very he hard to win Oscar. an Oscar. And, but then I feel like Last Samurai kind of backfired a little bit because <laughs> he tried a little too hard to win an Oscar. So and then, is that what happened? You think it's like he got tired of chasing these yeah. pedigree projects? And, and now he's just making blockbusters. Yeah, yeah he's going from this to Top Gun 2. I think right. he, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to end up winning an Oscar for a movie that we all say that's not the movie he should have won the Oscar for. Which happens often. It happens yeah, more like, often than you think. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, he, he's circling Edge of Tomorrow too, like a yeah. sequel to that. Yeah. And then he'll probably line up one more he's, of these. He's got to stop with the Jack Reachers, though. Yeah. Oh, no yeah. more Jack Reachers. No, I know. I like the first one, but primarily because yeah. Macquarie yeah. did it. Um, but the second one was he's not gotta good. He's got to stop. Like, they, I love those books. I read oh. those books religiously. and I've never read the books. A, he's miscast. Like Reacher oh, is supposed to be six oh, yeah. six yeah. and a, a monster of a man, but I think Cruz is good in in the yeah. movies. No, oh, he's movies. I mean, he's always good. He's never I, bad. That's... But like those are movies that I feel like Steven Seagal would have made in nineteen ninety two. The books are much better than that. I can't think of his last great dramatic role. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> he was great in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, he was. But I, can't I, think I mean, of... was it was it Magnolia? Man, that was Collateral. Yeah, Colla Collateral was like. 14 years ago, I think. All right, we, it was, played, I think it was we played Cruise Blend already where we picked his best role. What mm. do you think his best role is? Ooh. Not best movie, his best performance. His, his best, best perform performance. Yeah. Magnolia. Oh, interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, And that character was so on the other end of the spectrum of anything he's yeah. ever done before, right. and he nailed it. He really yeah. did. I know. Yeah. He no, sort of threw no, his no, reputation no. to the wind. Oh, no, you know, to what did you guys say, by the way? I said Born on the Fourth of July. Okay. I said Rain Man. Okay, yeah. Kevin? I love Rain Man. Kevin said... Kevin say? 
Oh my God! Well, he's missing. Well, he's missing <laughs> one week, and we've already forgotten about these him. Someplace yeah. like our selections. Yeah. yeah. If I'm, I'm sorry, Kevin. Who? Us, Kevin yeah. said a blip. <laughs> he really said. A blip. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who? <laughs> who is this? Man, is, so it, is this what happens <laughs> whenever I'm gone? Jake, <laughs> <Yes>. who? <laughs> I think Kevin said Oblivion. Yeah. No, yeah. Hey, I like Oblivion. What did he say? Did he say Sky? I love. No, I love. Love. I do. I do love. Did he say Top Gun? No, he didn't say Top Gun. You know, he's never seen Top Gun. No, he doesn't like Top Gun. He doesn't like Top Gun. That's it. If anyone is listening to this podcast on the regular and wants to archive our blend picks, please do that for us. (laughs) Also, if you have the time, get out more. (laughs) Because you should have other things to do with your lives. Exactly. I'm assuming that last week most of you went to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp, so we're going to dive into some spoiler talk because there's a few scenes that we didn't get to to discuss in depth. And so this is the point of the podcast where if you haven't seen Ant-Man yet, bail. Um, and come back, and we'll talk about Paris Blend in a couple of minutes. But um, remind me again—you were at like three and a half stars for Ant Man, or it three, was three. three. You it was three fine. It okay. was fine. Right. But um, you have a lot of problems with the po- uh, mid. It's not problems, and I would Let, love for someone to, um, to 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 write the ship and, and tell me that I'm wrong. So the the mid credit finale scene. Yes. Shows them all on a rooftop and they're jovial and they're joking and they're having a good time. And yes. isn't, aren't we all so happy? And then he uh, goes into the quantum realm because they need to get something that's going to help Ghost. Ghost, yes. And then. Quantum healing something. Yes. And then he tries to talk to them, cut back to the rooftop, and they have turned to ash. Therefore, it is the snap from Infinity War. Correct. What I don't understand is by that point, he was off of house arrest with three years probation. Where he could not interact with any tech. It just... I know. So, I so know. okay. Obviously, whatever happened in New York would be worldwide news. Yes. Whatever happened... They, they opened Wakanda. So, whatever happened in Wakanda would be worldwide news. Right. It just seems weird that, like, the, these two massive superheroes would be just joking and laughing on a rooftop while this worldwide battle right. is happening at the same time I agree on the other side of the planet mm, that's why the timing doesn't work out if I mean if it's happening at the same time it just seems like well then are you really superheroes if you're just hanging out on a rooftop well Infinity War built in the fact that they do acknowledge that they don't call Scott yes because he's under house okay. arrest but that's at that moment yes yeah, so let's say that that because Ant-Man and the Lost takes place within two days, right? Correct. So let's assume that that conversation with Black Widow and Captain America is happening on, like, day one of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. Right? And they're saying, oh, he's still under house arrest. He can't do anything. Yeah. Um, and at no point was it like, but it's cool because he only has three days left, so why don't we... I mean, they could have said that. Yeah. Sure. Um, the other thing is that they seem pretty intent on going back into the quantum realm, so maybe they just were yeah. like, we have to do this now and yeah. we can't go help them. Yeah. Um, I, I think the timing of it is... It's okay because the Thanos stuff was happening so quickly, yeah. but you're right. Like, if, if there's a huge attack in New York, they should have reacted. But so far, they have not been heroes who have moved out of San Francisco. You know, yeah, they're still just based there. I just feel like, by definition of a superhero, Scott Lang is not the sort of person that would say, I'm not going to go help my friends. I'm not going to go save the world because I have probation. But he's an ant. Like, how fast can he actually travel? He can also he can travel as a man. Yeah. 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 yeah, and and then get there and then shrink to an ant. I got here in, in like like fourteen minutes. So do you think that it was like they just wanted to do it because they knew the dusting would be cool? Yeah, they 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 wrote that with and hoped that we wouldn't put the timeline together too much because it, it plays my great. my audience went nuts. Yeah, it plays. It plays great. great until you stop and go. Wait a second. Why wasn't he just in Wakanda? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was also all this talk right after Infinity War was like, is Ant Man the Wasp gonna? Where does it take place? Right. 
So I, if if that hadn't if that mid set mid credit scene hadn't been added in right at the time they probably went oh we we need to shoot yeah something. we, we got to, <laughs> like, actually we, we don't need, need to shoot anything we just need to shoot an empty rooftop with some ash <laughs> in it. yeah I know. yeah it's a bit of an I think they just needed it. I mean Infinity War was a massive massive yeah. movie they needed to tie into it in some way I sure think. you couldn't yeah. just leave it alone right yeah. but there's also something that's mentioned in that scene that I think is going to be really important that people have been speculating on so far at this point because because Janet says to Scott. Before he goes in, like, stay out of the time vortexes. If you fall into one of those, it, it, we basically can't get you out, right? Okay. It's really hard to get you out. That went over my head. Um, there's two pieces of information that are out there now, um, and they're like set visit or set photo spoilery type things. One shows Scott Lang at the Battle of New York from the first Avengers movie. He's like next to Captain America in his old Captain America they- suit. So oh, they go back. As in, he maybe? goes through the time uh, vortexes, these time travel vortexes that are in the quantum realm, and goes back to pivotal moments like in the MCU. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, and that he's at the Battle yeah. of Manhattan, where which is one of the first things that Thanos does to basically attack our planet. There's another piece of information that says Scott Lang's daughter, who they spent a lot of time in this movie setting yeah. up to like his connection to her and what she could what she could be. That there's an actress they cast for Avengers Four, who's going to be Cassie as like an. A, an older teenager Ooh, yeah I like that so that there there could be time travel into the future and that when Avengers 4 starts we could have been like years into the heroes dealing with the repercussions of it's mm, the leftovers and that when he comes out of the quantum realm yeah because yeah, he's calling for everybody to help him when he finally comes out of the quantum realm like a lot of time has passed yeah. mm. so Ooh, I don't know if they're going to do like either of those but yeah. you guys like those theories man I really hope that that's the case because if not I'm going to be really disappointed in this movie <laughs> well, I really wish that Lando was a Canto yeah, well, you know we can't all be happy can we <laughs> <laughs> no so um, the next movie coming is Captain Marvel, and it's in March. <laughs> March. Year. Yeah. That's the next big movie March that we yeah, have to look forward well, to. Well, for Marvel. I mean, yeah. This is yeah. good. At least we're spacing these out. You said well, this about but, but we get Captain Marvel and and Infinity and, 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 and War, uh, Avengers four within like a month of each other. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's just a lot. Yeah. Well, they're gonna get to a point where there are four Marvel movies a year. And you said wow. you that Star Wars wanted to get to the point, and now I think we've got a massive setback, oh, yeah. but they wanted multiple Star Wars movies in the, a year. The argument for why they kept Solo in May is because they knew they could open a Star Wars movie in December, and it would do well. Yeah. They wanted to see if they could do it in May also, and if it would compete, and then they'd get to a point where they had May and December every single year. And now, since Solo didn't do well, I think they're back to the drawing board yeah. on that. But Marvel just released another date for... Here we are talking about 2021. Wow. Um, where Those drops not that far away. It's not, and it'll be here before you know it, and they do have to plan long-term yeah. for it because they don't do DC spaghetti against the yeah. wall, like you mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah. They legitimately plan out their slate. Um, but the 2021 date, the new one, uh, it's February, which people started to think it was like Black Panther 2, because that could fall into that realm. Um, yeah. It's putting them in a position where they could, by I'm sorry, Black Panther is dead, sir. See? Spoiler How dare you? Wow. I mean, I already ruined Lost. Might as well ruin Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was probably the most shocking. Oh, yeah. People were in my theater were so yeah. mad. Yeah. I saw it at a midnight screening. Like, well, they were sad about Spider-Man, so yeah. spoiler alert. Yeah. But when Black Panther died, like, people just wouldn't stop yelling yeah. at the screen for the rest of the movie. <laughs> it's like, hey, there's still ten minutes left yeah. here, people. Well, I thought it was Okoye. Like, she, I thought she was going to go. You know, like, she... He's saying yeah. to her, get up, this yeah. is not how we die. Yeah. Um, and then he fades. Yeah. And I was like, you guys are not yeah. messing around. <laughs> yeah. This is a serious thing. Um, but that's also when you know, okay, clearly yeah. none of these people are going to die. Because well, like, who are the ones that they left? The ones that have the biggest chance of dying. Yeah. Thor, Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all the originals. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's kind of interesting that like the originals were left. Yeah. 
Um, and if they do go back to the Battle of uh, Manhattan yeah. from the first Avengers, then you have a parallel of they're still existing yeah. and the old ones are still mm, there. And, yeah. uh, and everybody who did disappear, I think, are basically important to Phase 4. Yeah. Spider-Man That's definitely true. has a sequel. The Guardians yeah. basically all disappear. Yeah. They have another movie yeah. coming. But you know, uh, my, my dad was recently in town and he had never seen Homecoming. And, okay. so I, and so he wanted to watch it and I watched it with him. And there's that great scene in Homecoming where Tony Stark says, like, if if you die, that's on me. Oh, yeah. I think that's the part of Avengers 4 I can't wait to see is Tony just, he is going to be haunted right. by the fact that Peter Parker is dead. Right, right. Yeah. And, I mean, this, I think we're going to get a great scene where he has to go tell Aunt May that, ah, true. That, that Peter's dead and it's my fault. Oh, and you know what? That's, <laughs> yes. Oh, God. That's going to be great. That will be great. Right? To see them play. And that. I think that's why they put that scene in Homecoming. To set up. I think huh. we were seeing a spoiler without knowing it. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, I popped on Ragnarok because it finally came onto Netflix. Yeah. And there's a line in that. And now we're like overanalyzing all well, this yeah. stuff. Well, yeah. To see what it could mean. Yeah. But the fire demon in the opening scene where uh, Thor is on the chain and he's spinning yeah. around. Um, when he breaks out of that and the demon says to him, you've made a big mistake. And he goes... I often make mistakes. It often turns out well. It turns out, yeah. And I thought, oh, maybe because when he hits Thanos in the oh, chest, interesting. Thanos is like, you should have aimed for the head. Yeah, you should have aimed for the head. And here's Thor mm, saying, interesting. I make mistakes all yeah. the time. It yeah. tends to work out. So. That's interesting. Or maybe we're overanalyzing <laughs> everything. <laughs> you mean a 90-minute long movie podcast could be overanalyzing <laughs> films? Fair enough. <laughs> um, but I thought this was a pretty good palate cleanser after Infinity yeah. War. It was, it was fine. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. I well, guess I thought it would do better at the box office. The tone of Infinity War was you know pretty dark and, yeah and man at least lifts your spirits yeah. up it's yeah. funny but yeah. i feel like the tone of of infinity war wasn't known until you saw infinity war yes. ant-man is it's very much a like hey we promise it'll make you happy like just yeah. even the trailers it's right. bright and it's colorful and the marketing is like you know infinity war i'm obviously like what like, they can't put that ending in the uh in the in the advertising so we didn't know what we were getting into yeah. unless yeah. you read the comic books and you sort of knew the snap thing was coming but uh, it's funny <clears throat> i like michelle pfeiffer a lot i'm glad she's on board I like oh, for all, for all 38 seconds of that she's with that wig yeah that wig that was, a, uh, <laughs> that was a heck of a wig yeah but paul rudd i, I think yeah. paul rudd's great that yeah. role um we're gonna do hashtag paris blend yeah we're gonna talk about um uh the movie that we think most signifies this beautiful city that we're sitting in for the Mission Impossible World premiere. And I'm going to let you guys know. Wait. Chris wait. has a pick. Yes. It's the movie that best signifies the city or the best movie that takes place in the city? Either. The, I said the parameters are pretty vague. Oh, God. Now I don't know, Sean. But if you made your pick, stand I made by my, it. it's, I think maybe it's, it's the movie that when you think of... Paris. Paris, you go, oh yeah, that movie's the first one that comes in. Okay. If you say something that doesn't remind us of Paris, I mean, you're, you've lost the game. People are going to hate my pick, I think. I, I'm going to hate your pick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> I'm going to be really mad. It's tough because yeah. like, I, I think of Paris has had, had so many movies set in it compared Countless. to yeah compared to any other city. Right. My, my pick exactly. is Forrest Gump. Because oh, he, leave, like he lives on planet Earth and, and Paris is... That is, is a, no, Does he like, ever go to Paris? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shitty pick. Uh. Alright, uh, Gabe, can we guess? Are we able to guess? Do we have the same picks? We can guess. Alright, I'm first, yeah. so you guys get to pick what you think. And Kevin is playing along. Oh, Kevin, oh, Kevin made a pick! Kevin, who is okay. on a cruise... Uh, Wait, he oh, was I, on a exactly Tomless Cruise? Oh. Tomless Cruise. Does he, does, does he have Tom Cruise Control? Speed 2? <laughs> cruise uh, Control? I think, I think we can all guess what Kevin's pick is. I think Kevin, I think Kevin picked Inception. I think Kevin I picked Inception. Oh, yeah, Kevin definitely picked Inception. Okay, um, I, I go first. You guys get the pick. 
What, what uh, I think you picked Hugo. Oh, interesting. Oh, um, I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that that's no. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I think so wrong. <laughs> I think uh, a really good pick would be Casablanca. Ooh, it's a great pick. I oh. changed Kevin's pick. I think Kevin picked Hugo. You might have picked Hugo. I think Kevin uh, picked Hugo. I think he picked. Inception. I think he picked. I'm going. I'm, I'm switching. I'm, I think he picked Hugo. I picked Ratatouille. Wow. I okay. picked Ratatouille, and I mean, it was like the easiest pick. Um, but the more I thought about it, I think that's what it is. Like yeah. it, this city, to me, and especially spending time here, yeah. is so much about um, food and the enjoyment of food and the pleasure of coming to this city to and creativity and chasing a dream. Yeah. And yes, it's a Pixar movie, but it's one of the best Dude, Pixar that movies. That means nothing. That, that means yeah. it, it means yeah. everything. It's Brad Bird. That's a great pick. And it's like it, it shows. It's it's a um, hyper stylized version of Paris. It's the kind that you sort of imagine in the '30s and '40s of what it looks yeah. like. It's the bistro chairs yeah. and it's. But um, but yeah, when I watched that movie, a, I want to Lawrence Olivier is the is the food critic. No, 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 it's it not. Uh, Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole. Peter yes, oh, yeah. Peter O'Toole. Um, as Anton Ego, Ego, the film yeah. critic with the Ego, which, which I love. Um, but like the bistros, the way that the bistro is is illustrated, the way the kitchen is illustrated, it just instantly makes me want to eat and drink wine, like we're <laughs> which doing, we are doing. Which yeah. we are doing. You need a and refill, sir. To me, it is. Uh, we're out. We have to order some more. Um, to me, it is just uh, a quintessential. Uh, Paris movie, and, and I think it also speaks to a lot of the, the reasons why people come to this city to visit, and some of the things that they like to do while they're here. So that is my pick, um, and Chris is next, and we get to guess. Uh, Silence. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say Midnight in Paris. I'm, no, I know he hates that movie. I'm, I'm going to go... I did, um, really did not enjoy I'm that. I'm going to go... Uh, <laughs> I, I might also go Ratatouille. Uh, there, I mean, it's tough because there's so many great. Oh no, movies. you just said Casablanca, so now I feel like I'm I said go that, that. I mean, that's great too. Um, but there's so many great movies set here, and I, it's interesting because the movie I picked isn't one that defines Paris, but there's so much great Paris stuff in it, and it's it's Inception, and them yeah. sitting on the bistro chairs like you were just talking about, right. and watching the city fold in. I was very close to picking uh, the John Travolta film. From Paris with Love. I'm just joking. That movie is <laughs> <laughs> But it's... Uh, we actually went out of our way the day that we got here, and we took an Uber to the Inception Cafe. Okay. The cafe where Alan Page and Leonardo DiCaprio are in their dream, you know, talking, or he's giving their, her lesson about, like, things in dreams feel real when you're there. Right. And when you're actually at this cafe, it doesn't look anything like it does in the movie, but You did the side-by-side, and I thought it looked close. It is, but you, I think you said that because uh, it's different chairs. It's, so it's dressed differently. We, our idea was we were going to go there, and we were going to eat at the Inception Cafe. It's right. called Il Russo, if you ever are in Paris. Uh, and it's closed. Paris does this thing where, like, breakfast is from this time, lunch is from this time, right. and dinner's from this time. And they close down in between. Right. So we were there at, like, 4 o'clock, and I guess lunch only went till 3 Dinner didn't start till five or six or whatever, so it was just empty. So we just sat in these chairs, took a whole bunch of photos. And so it's like a corner. It's a corner. Yeah, and it's though. and it's in a very quiet part of town. Okay. Also, Parisians they all lunch. Yeah. You go out at lunchtime in this city. Long lunches. Everyone's <laughs> out. Lots of alcohol. Lots oh my of wine. Gosh, everyone is out enjoying the food. Like so, they were like, uh, when we had breakfast today, they're like, "What do you mean you yeah. or lunch today? Yeah. Like, what do you mean you don't want wine? Yeah. Well, yeah, we're like, we have to work. You're like, it makes work better. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. I have to talk to Tom Cruise. Yes. <laughs> make Tom Cruise better. I, uh, I also almost picked Taken because I think that Taken has some 
great Paris stuff. Actually, one of our listeners said that on Twitter, and I never thought about I never it thought until about until they said it, and I was like, actually, that's a really good suggestion. Yeah. And by the way, was Euro Trip? Did they have anything in Paris? Because I loved that movie. Yes, they take the channel at some point. Don't I they? I have such an affinity. Excuse me. <laughs> this is gonna date me, um, but I love European Vacation. Um, the sequel to oh, the, I thought you were going to say you did the, the Eurotrip junket. No, 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 no. I love European Vacation, and there's a gag where Clark Griswold's teenage son, um, they make the whole family wear berets with their names on them, and he's um, <laughs> on the Eiffel Tower, and these cute girls are next to him, and they're la- they're laughing, like giggling, and he's like, oh, it must be because I'm, you know, I look really good, and then his name, it says Rusty across the beret. Uh. <laughs> they're like, Rusty? He's like, I hate this. He's like, Dad, can I just get rid of the beret? And he's like, Yeah, that's fine. You can take it. So he takes it off his head and he throws it. And this woman had a dog in her arms, and she like the dog scrambles out of her arms and jumps off the Eiffel Tower. There's a bad bit where the dog's flying through the air and catches the beret like frisbee and going down. Really horrible. And that's I thought about that at least two or three times during today when I should have been focusing on Tom Cruise. I was like, That's what Rusty threw his beret off. What he's not telling you is that the one question Sean got with Tom Cruise was, Did you ever see that scene in European Vacation? that scene he was like I do yeah. I do it was great aren't we best friends <laughs> yes we are yeah. we hugged and then I didn't ask for a picture <laughs> Jake is yeah. next and we get to guess and I'll let Chris guess first. I uh, I think that uh, you can't hate Midnight in Paris as much as I dislike it. <laughs> uh, so uh, oh, that can't actually be my guess but it will be my guess you're gonna guess that I'm gonna guess Hugo so okay here's what's interesting and 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 I you know since the parameters were so loose, there wasn't any rules well, about this one. Your pick. Yeah. Um, on the plane on the way over, my pick was Hugo. Okay. And I landed. You love that movie. And I start, I love that movie. I love that. I have oh, I have that's uh, a great I have movie. a signed uh, poster framed on my wall. Right. Um, and then I start driving around the city, and uh, and every you know what's funny is and this is a joke. Chris <laughs> and I, every corner cafe I see, I'm like, that's the one from Inception. And Chris is like, yeah, that's not the one. Because <laughs> they all look the same. They do. And, and every street corner I turn, I'm like, that's that's the street that folds up. He's like, yeah, that's not the street. That folds up. <laughs> Wait, isn't there a yeah. bridge that's yeah. important? Yeah, yeah. A bridge. And then we walk by, I'm like, that's the bridge that they walk. He's like, that's not the bridge they walk across. <laughs> so my point being that I I thought it was Hugo and I landed and my mind hasn't been able to escape Inception. Okay. So because of that, I feel like I have to go Inception because that. That's what I'm. That's where I keep going. That's mm-hmm. where, and I and and, you know, I I'm not saying it's a better film than Hugo or something like Casablanca, but like that's whenever I'm walking around, I can't help but like I get excited thinking whether I'm actually there or not that I'm at the corner cafe where they're sitting, <laughs> right? And and that's to me like the def, like if if there are loose parameters for this one, those are the parameters I'm making for myself. When I'm walking around and I think that I'm on the set of a scene of a movie, what's the movie that gets me most excited to be on the set of? Yeah. And it's Inception. Right. And and I understand that that like. You know, it's a two and a half hour movie. And there's a, it's a, not a massive chunk of the movie that that takes place in Paris, but it's such a crucial chunk. Yeah, it's yeah. significant, and yeah. it's crucial in that Ellen Page is is us, and it's almost as if DiCaprio is explaining to us right. how the what the rules of Inception are. Right. Yeah, um, and it's I mean that's I mean that visual of, of Paris folding over, um, and that's where he sort of explained the rules of like you know uh, well, that that bridge scene was significant. What, what, what was like the rule that he no, was the mirror? Remember? Yeah, yeah, and you couldn't look at the people in yeah. your dream because then they would figure out. Yeah, exactly. and, yeah, and don't don't put people in your dream that you know because yeah. you start confusing. That, and, that was, yeah. and then Leo's uh, ex-wife yeah. Yeah. or wife was in. So so that's yeah, it. But does yeah. the top fall? <laughs> Nolan. So I mean I I mean I, I'm sure I'm going to to 
fly home tomorrow and wake up in the middle of the night and think, why didn't I choose you? And look at the poster haunting on my wall. And of course, he's going to go, <laughs> well, I signed this poster. Why didn't you pick Give it? Hugo some love because it is such a yeah. oh, I mean, the fact, I mean, the yeah. fact that we're all love like picking Hugo for each other. Yeah. Says, yeah. Says, and honestly, like Hugo, like I said, Hugo's my pick on the way over. And I, I do think it's not a, Hugo's a great movie. This, I think The Tourist is not a good movie. Uh, uh, but The Tourist really defines what it's like to be a tourist here in Paris. Very true. Like, I was walking along the Seine last night, and I had some wine there, and I was like, oh, this is this is the Johnny Depp life right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it might not be a good movie, but it is a great representation of what it's like to come here for a week. Also, I would refute the idea that Parisians are not nice. Like, oh, yeah. We have run into so many yeah. incredible people here. Incredibly, and also like, incredibly patient. Yes. People. Because we are the people in this country, we are not speaking their na- native language. Right. Uh, we are, we're stumbling around asking for directions. Right. And, and I have found nothing but kind yes. people here pointing yeah. in the right direction, right. trying to speak a, which I can't speak a second language, and I'm asking them to do something I can't do whenever I, I, I need them to speak what is what is not their native language. Right, right. Um, yeah, it is I, interesting I how they approach us and immediately speak English. It's like we have American is written on our forehead. <laughs> no, Michelle yeah. and I were talking about that too. Yeah. Every well, time well your, your, your red Make America Great Again <laughs> hat probably I am Canadian. Thank you very but much. But it's true. How do they know? Tell me more about that. How do they come over to us Sorry, and they're just that. like, Hi, how yeah. are you? Hi. And I'm like, no, can't say bonjour. Would you like a cheeseburger? <laughs> Keep the mystique yeah. going. Maybe I'm local. Yeah. I, I, you know, because growing up in Canada, I, you know, I took high school yeah. French, so I know like 18 words of French. No, he says that, and he got us to the Eiffel Tower based on his French this morning. Well, I've seen like at least two people on this trip who've been impressed by your French. What? Yes. Oh, and one of them was your best friend, Tom And then they'll go, oh, I don't I'm sorry, what was that? I don't know. I make noises that sound like that. Like, it sounded like, really good, actually. I can only string, like, three or four words together. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it seems to work. It's French-Canadian, though. Isn't that different? It is. It's Québécois français. Where it's like, uh, oh my God. they just speak a... And here's the thing, he could be making it up and we'd never know. <laughs> it's getting hot in this room, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Où est le toilette? <laughs> mm. Where's the toilet? <laughs> a very important <laughs> phrase to know. Yeah. The, uh, well, before I do the audience picks, Kevin's pick. Oh, uh, I'm very excited. Yeah, he's got No, I say Hugo. I say, I think it's Hugo. He loves Nolan so much. He loved yeah. it. And also, to reinforce once again, Kevin is ironically on a cruise. <laughs> uh, Let Tom. me explain this joke. Yes. He's on a cruise. Yes. And we interviewed a guy. Yes. Named Cruz. Oh, I don't get it. Okay, so he's on a. Okay. <laughs> First one. Wait, wait, what are we guessing? Are we guessing I, I think it's Hugo. What did you guess? I think it's Hugo. I think uh, mine was Ratatouille. Yeah, you, you, oh, what am I guessing? Kevin's yeah, yeah. is? Mm-hmm. No, I think Kevin said, oh, God, it's, I'm so torn between I think it's Hugo. He loves Hugo. I, I think that was his number say, one that year. So was Inception. I have to say, uh, I'm going to say Inception. I, th- I say Hugo. And here's Kevin. Hey, Sean, Jake, Gabe, miss you guys so much. Uh, Sean, Jake, I hope you guys are having the best time in Paris. I know you guys are with Tom Cruise. I am literally on a cruise. Uh, it's interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm jealous because I, I, I miss you guys and I want to be in Paris with you guys for Mission Impossible Fallout. But I'm also having a great time here with my wife, Lauren. Obviously, she's right here as well. Say hi. Hello. And since we are on vacation together, I'm going to allow her to join in on my Paris blend pick as well. Uh, I was just telling her which ones I which one I was going to pick, and she was like, well, I like this one. So I thought it would be funny if she just gave hers real quick. I won't keep this long, um, but I hope you guys are having the best time. I know by this point I think you guys are, will have seen Mission Impossible Fallout, which I'm so jealous about. 
let me know on text chain, thumbs up or thumbs down. I'm sure it's going to be thumbs up. It looks awesome. And Chris McQuarrie is, uh, always delivers. So, all right, my Paris blend is actually going to be a repeat pick from an earlier blend we did. Uh, I'm going to go with Hugo, uh, Martin Scorsese's Hugo, set in Paris, uh, beautiful film. And I just, I mean, the opening shot into the train station is absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm not sure specifically if this is designed around the Paris section of it being the best or the best movie set in Paris. I'm, I'm just going with best movie set in Paris. Um, so Hugo, I mean, I think it's Scorsese's best film. And I know we had a discussion about that when Zach Penn was on the podcast about, you know, going through our Scorsese blend picks. And, you know, we had Goodfellas in there. So many classics, Raging Bull, Taxi Driver. I just thought this film was uh, so different and just his love letter to cinema. And I loved every aspect of it being a love letter to movie making and then seeing the Ben Kingsley storyline play out and seeing him making these older films. So that's my particular favorite film set in Paris. So hashtag Paris blend, Hugo. And now Lauren's going to give hers. I have to go with Moulin Rouge. Oh, good one! Good one! No one thought that. Wow, yeah. that, was, that didn't even enter into my. And then no. and Rin and I are going in like two months. That's a great pick. It has good. a French title. Oh my gosh. gosh. It's such a fun so movie. So, which one of us is Lauren going to be replacing? <laughs> I, I write the intros. <laughs> I bring a skill set. She can replace me. Oh, God, I've got nothing. Wait, I, I bring it. nothing to this. Now, let's hear Lauren's explanation. Good pick, Lauren. It's a great pick, Lauren. Moulin Rouge with Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kimmon, directed by Baz Luhrmann. I grew up on that movie. I, first time I saw it was in middle school. I was absolutely blown away by it. It's a gorgeous musical. It's one of the best love stories I've ever seen in a movie. It's probably my favorite Nicole Kidman movie. She's just so great in the film. The cinematography is gorgeous. The music, obviously. And obviously it's set in Paris, which just looks beautiful. So I've seen the movie probably, I don't know, 50, 60 times, maybe more. So it's just a personal favorite of mine. I had Moulin Rouge posters all over my wall when I was growing up and in college as well. So Moulin Rouge by Baslerman. All right, guys. Well, we're going to get back to vacation. Uh, and Sean and Jake, if, uh, if you guys don't mind, I've told you this off air, but I, I, I wanted to put it on record. Uh, you need to, when, when, you, when you get your question in with Tom Cruise, I, I, you know, I, I reportedly heard that he did the halo jump 106 times. Just ask him when he was up there if he, was, if he ever worried for a minute that he might fall out. <laughs> Get it? Yeah, that's the title of the movie. All right, all right, I'll see you guys. I love you guys very much. I miss you guys. And uh, the guest host this week, I believe, is Chris Van Vliet. So if it's Chris, I love you as well, sir. I uh, miss you guys. Friendship for life. And uh, I'm literally on a friendship right now. Yeah, you can find me uh, at on a Tom Cruise is my Twitter handle for this week. And Dunkirk! <laughs> <laughs> that is the best oh, man on this podcast that we have oh, ever Oh, wow. wow. That's Kevin McCarthy. Well done, Kevin McCarthy. the Woo. bar. He is like Meryl Streep in Mamma Mia too. Like, he's not in it much, but my God, when he's in it. He delivers. He delivers. <laughs> that was great. Really, really funny. Um, all right, so the audience pick was Ratatouille. That Ooh, one, yeah. with a lot of love for I feel like Inception my Parisian and Hugo. Oh, no, a lot of a lot of love for Inception. Yeah. And Hugo. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, okay, that's really good. Along. Yeah. But um, and Michelle just uh, suggested. Yeah. Too, we, Les Mis. We totally missed Les Mis, yeah. which should. Can oh, wow, you hear yeah. the people sing? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I always forget. What is his? Uh, what is his prisoner number? Two four three zero one. Hey, Simsy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm two four. Th- that's not right. I know it's not two four. Sean, three. did you suggest uh, Midnight in Paris because you in, in, enjoyed this oh. film? No, I don't. I'm not oh. a Woody Allen fan. Neither am I. We just said, yeah, yeah. Neither am I. Me, me no, either. I'm not. I'd, but but I do understand that uh, for all of the stories that he tells about New York City. I think he tried his best to make a yeah. Paris story <laughs> and yeah. the history of Paris. Um, no, I would never think my, that. My, I just want to say that the, uh, my biggest problem with Midnight in Paris is that when Owen Wilson gets into the taxi, he is always transported back to the same time. Every single time, he's in the, always in the same era, right? He's in the era with Hemingway and, uh, and yeah. everyone else. Then the investigator that is following him, this, you know, the spy that's following him, gets into a taxi, the same place... <laughs> At the same time at night, right. and somehow ends up with Marie Antoinette, like in a completely different era, two hundred years before. Maybe it's based yeah. on the person. I'm just thinking it's stupid. It's a hack. I think you thought more about that moment than Woody Allen ever did. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, he's got other things. I left the movie mind. going that. <laughs> yes. That made he's no preoccupied. sense. Preoccupied. <laughs> yes. And I was bored by the ten minute intro with. Like That's every, every Woody Allen movie. Is Marion Cotillard in that? Because I like her. Fastbender's. Oh, in she's in Inception. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. Fastbender's in Midnight in Paris? Yeah, isn't he, uh... Yeah, he's, uh... He, Hemingway. Yeah, I, I thought it was Hemingway. No, or, someone else is Corey no, he, Stahl is Hemingway. He's, um... He's in it. You're yeah. being a Magneto, and this is X-Men First Class. <laughs> Are we not talking about that? <laughs> we, we were not talking about that. I'm confused. Uh, next week, your homework um, was suggested by uh, someone else who co-hosted, by Juan, and he said, with Ant-Man and the Wasp out, it's time to do hashtag Pfeifferblend. Ooh. For Michelle Pfeiffer's Oh, now I'm movie. nervous because Juan has like an encyclopedic knowledge yes. of Pfeiffer, and right. I do not. And your pick will be wrong. i got to do some homework. you got to do some homework, <laughs> and so does everybody at home. Yeah. So let us know your pick via email at realblend at cinemablend.com or use hashtag Pfeifferblend, and you're all going to spell it wrong. So I'm going to give it P-H-E-I-F-F-E-R. to you once. P-H-E-I-F-F-E-R. Wait, wait, say it again. P-H-E-I-F-F-E-R. No H. H. P-F-H. P-F. Oh, I thought it was E-I. P-I. Like, like phone. Like, phone. When I meant... Isn't that crazy? You're all going to spell it wrong. I didn't mean to start with you. P-F-I. No, we're going to get it right. I. No. P-F... Shoot. Shoot. Maybe do someone else. Michelle Blend. Okay, no one is going to give us the hashtag. this is why Hank's Blend worked out so well. It worked out really well. Where can listeners... Well, first off, let's thank Chris Van Blue. Hey! Chris... Thank you. Outstanding. You are, it's like having a, a regular to the podcast. I was glad that, that you took a, a Chris Cowell. Van seat with us. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, it was really Chris Van Neat being ah! yeah. All right, Sean, give us one. I don't know. I'm not under pressure. I've had too much wine. Um, where can listeners find you, Chris? Give us all your socials. Uh, so, uh, like Michelle Pfeiffer, I have a hard to spell last name. Yes. So, it's Chris, C-H-R-I-S, V-A-N-V-L-I-E-T. Instagram. Because in Canada, one last name is not enough. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Two uh, tells me more about you. And uh, go oh. to his Instagram, YouTube. Twitter. Please go to my YouTube page, especially if you like wrestling. And I'm sure there's a lot of uh, WWE fans out there as well. Yeah, but you sell that just for a second. Like, yeah, your wrestling yeah. content is really good. And I'm and not, not just a big really fan. good, incredibly popular. I, I just think it's Massively very entertaining. Yeah. And I don't follow wrestling at all, but your interviews are super entertaining. Yeah, I've been really fortunate to get some really great wrestling interviews. And these are long-form interviews. I'm getting 20, 30 minutes with... In the last month, wrestling fans will know I've had uh, Ric Flair, 
Hulk Hogan. Woo! Woo! I'm wearing a shirt that says woo! <laughs> woo! Uh, Eric Bischoff, Simon Gotch, um, Chris Jericho, Alberto Del Rio, Caitlin, who's just now officially returned to the WWE. You guys are looking at me like, who are all these people? Wrestling fans will be like, oh, that's really awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, are you seeking them out or do they come to you? No, I'm, I'm going way out of my way to make these interviews okay, happen. Gotcha. I made, a, I made like a, 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 an idea at the start of the year that I was going to like really make my YouTube channel a thing. Right. And January 1st, I said I want to do 40 wrestling interviews this year. I want to do 52, one a week, but that seemed like a lot. So like I drove two, three and a half hours from Miami where I live to uh, Orlando to interview Chris Jericho. Mm. So I've been going out of my way to make this happen. It was a seven-hour round-trip drive. But then they turn around and get how many views? Like hundreds I, of thousands. Yeah, of and the Chris Jericho interview is like 320,000 views. Did he die? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris Jericho's still alive. Is they, all yeah, these don't wrestlers worry. die. They all, yes, a lot, a of, lot them of them die. Yeah, yes. too many of them. Yeah. It's sad. Jake, where can people find you? <laughs> Uh, if you just Google Tom Cruise, I'm probably going to be standing next to him in any photo that you find. <laughs> Tom Cruise's best friend. Yeah. And some, somehow Tom Cruise is taller than you in these photos. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Sean underscore O'Connell. We are all at at Real Blend. We're going to play Pfeiffer Blend next week if anybody can spell it. Drop us a review on iTunes. F. I Y <laughs> F. There's a C in there. You're way yeah. off on that one. Uh, if you leave us a review, uh, we will read it at the top of next week's show. We will be back talking about um, skyscraper. Are we gonna go see skyscraper before we? I saw it when it was you called Die Hard. No, I <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. wow. And we're gonna preview Comic Con, so um, we will be back then. And thank you all for tuning in to our very special set in Paris, Mission Impossible uh, Junket, Best Friends of Tom Cruise episode. We'll talk to you guys next week. We Dunkirk! Dunkirk! Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.